0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. It's at a time when both sides of politics in Australia, from the radical left and the libertarian right, are challenging the very concept of family itself. We might wonder where the political warriors are coming from to defend the family and faith. Well, our special guest today is likely to be well known to you. He's no stranger to controversy either. For decades, he's been defending the Australian family along with all that Christians and many of the non-churched value about our culture, its people and the Australian democratic way of life. I'm talking about Lyle Shelton, who became so well known during the marriage debate Well, he is at the helm of the recently rebirthed Family First Party. And with the upcoming New South Wales state election at the end of March, Lyle Shelton is leading an independent group ticket for the Upper House because New South Wales electoral law requires a 16-month lead time to register political parties. We're going to talk all things New South Wales election and uh, the gloves are off. And in fact, I don't think Lyle Shelton will be afraid to put the boot in both sides. And you might like to join in our conversation. We'll open our talkback lines shortly. But Lyle Shelton, a special welcome back to 2020.
1: Neil, thank you. It's so good to be with you again.
0: Hey, Lyle, just clarify for listeners, uh, latest developments with Family First. We know it's rebirthed, reformed. Um, But some might be saying, well, if Family First is rebirthed, uh, why are you going to be standing as an independent candidate? Give us a little update.
1: Yeah, thanks, Neil. Look, it's so exciting to be part of the rebirth. Many of your listeners will be aware that that it's a political party uh, championing the family, the idea of mothering, fathering children. Uh, It's been around for over 20 years, but it had been closed down for a number of years. And in the last 12 months or so, it's been rebirthed, firstly in South Australia. Uh, Then I came on in the middle of last year and helped uh, get it going again in Victoria. Now we're working uh, in New South Wales, where I'm currently based. And uh, we're very keen to engage the upcoming New South Wales election on March 25. But New South Wales electoral law is very strict and it requires time, as you said in your introduction, Uh, for a new political party or rebirth political party to be registered so that it could be part of the electoral process. We didn't have this problem in Victoria. only took us two or three months to get the party registered. there. different laws. But in New South Wales, uh, very strict, 16 months. So we haven't had time to register the party, despite the fact that we're we're gathering terrific momentum. Uh, And so I'm going to be running uh, as an independent, uh, as a family first-backed independent for the upper house of the New South Wales Parliament, Uh, leading a a group ticket uh, so that we can make sure those Christian and family values are represented at this election on the ballot paper.
0: Uh, Staying with Family First uh, for a few moments here, Lyle. Uh, Family First, uh, there was an election in South Australia uh, last year. That was really the first testing of the waters and a very good showing in South Australia. Uh, Then the Victorian state election last year and you were at the helm at that time and directing traffic around uh, candidates and such things. And, And as I understand it, a pretty good showing there too, apart from the fact that no seat was won. Uh, there is a certain sense in which, uh, you know, uh, breathing some life back into family first, uh, it might take a little bit of effort, but but there's good signs, aren't there, that uh, that people will support family first?
1: Look, there's terrific signs, Neil, and yes, we've, we've been in two elections in the last 12 months, South Australia and Victoria. We've come very, very close to getting people elected to Parliament, only just missed out in South Australia, um, three of our people. Uh, missed out just by a whisker in Victoria, but we've always believed this is a medium to long-term proposition. There's there's no quick fix. We Our, our nation didn't get into the mess that it got into overnight. It's going to take a while for us to get out, but uh, I'm just really convicted that we need a strong uh, Christian-based, family-based, minor political party because the major parties have abandoned the field uh, and uh, they're not supporting family. They're not standing up for the natural family, pro-life causes, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And so we need to be in this space and that we're so encouraged by the response that's come from thousands and thousands of people all over the nation who are wanting to back this in. And um, we are determined to keep working for the medium to long term. And we believe that it's just a matter of time before we do see strong uh, family voices in the parliaments are uh, able to really be effective uh, and to shake up the,
0: the system. And this time you are a candidate uh, for an upper house seat uh, for New South Wales. How does the upper house in New South Wales look at the present? Uh, and uh, you must have some sort of thoughts. You've probably been crunching numbers and looking at uh, various ones who are on that crossbench. Uh, how, how does it look now and, and, and how do you hope it will look uh, post-election?
1: Yeah, look, at the moment, Neil, there is um, quite a large uh, crossbench in the New South Wales Upper House. Upper Houses very much are the place where there's opportunity for minor parties like Family First. Uh, Your listeners will be aware that for 40 years, uh, the Reverend uh, Fred Nile has held a seat in the New South Wales Upper House, and at times, many times over that last 40 years, there have been two uh, people uh, from his party, the the Christian Democratic Party, there. But sadly, that party um, has... um, has uh destructed self-destructed i would say if i could use that term because that's exactly what happened it no longer exists uh and for the first time in 40 years uh there uh, won't be uh, a christian party on the ballot paper and uh, because of this 16 month lead time and the fact that um, uh, the cdp fell apart uh, within the last 12 months uh, there just isn't the time to um to to get a christian-based or family-based party registered and that's a great tragedy uh, so so that is going to be a significant player that's off uh, the battlefield. Uh, we've got Mark Latham there. Um, Mark is not a Christian, but he's someone who has very much championed uh, Christian values, religious freedom, uh, and uh, the truth about gender. Uh, and, and I'd certainly love to see him remain in the parliament. And then there's a mixture of, um, you know, really uh, terrible left-wing parties, the Animal Justice Party, the Greens, uh, and, and the like. So it, it's important that we have uh, a strong... A Christian voice, a family voice in the Parliament uh, alongside Mark Latham, and um, there's an opportunity there to fill the void that's been lost by the CDP's demise, and uh, I'm really hoping that um, my candidacy as, as a Family First-backed independent, uh, that we might be able to fill that void, or at least give people the opportunity to cast a vote for a strong uh, Christian uh, family voice at this election.
0: When you say family first backed independent, uh, I know that some listeners will be thinking, is this a little bit like the teal model that we saw at the last federal election where uh, there were a whole lot of independents uh, all standing and they were backed by, at that time, uh, you know, a, a significantly wealthy uh, multi-millionaire uh, who was sort of bankrolling the whole thing um, how does it look though when you've got family first backing uh, independent candidates uh, you know, some might be saying is there a, a wealthy billionaire who's behind you all uh, does that happen or uh, I guess uh, finance is an issue as well
1: yeah, well, I can certainly say there's no wealthy billionaire. Uh, I wish there was. Uh, but um, you're right to draw an analogy with the Teals. Uh, they had, uh, what I would say, third party backing. Now, when we use the term third party, it's not a political party. It's, it's party as in uh, a group or individuals who are behind their campaigns as independents. And, uh, of course, we know Simon Holmes, of court. Uh, the, the billionaire uh, was very much part of that. And, and other groups um, got behind his climate 200 model so that was that was the group that backed the teals and similarly uh i'm looking to work a model where family first australia uh, limited uh backs uh, my independent uh, candidacy and uh, there's provision for that under electoral law where third party campaigners uh, can register and get involved and uh and help uh any candidate they like and uh, so we're in the process of registering family first uh as a third party campaigner we can't register it as a Political party for this election, and um, I hope your listeners are just can bear with us with this all this technical detail. It's very bureaucratic, but it is important because if I can have the backing of Family First as an entity uh, to my independent campaign, uh, that's of course a great uh, a great benefit and advantage, just as it was for the Teals.
0: Uh, Lyle, what's your view of the campaign so far, Uh, both from uh, the Liberal incumbent government and the Labor opposition? Uh, uh, Is it a friendly campaign so far? No doubt things will heat up closer to the election, but uh, what's your overall view of how the campaign is running?
1: Look, I'd say it's a pretty low-key campaign at the moment. Uh, Certainly the polls uh, have Labor well in front on a two-party preferred basis. Uh, It looks like it's going to be whitewash uh, and that the uh, Dominic Perrottet Liberal National Coalition will be swept away if those polls are to be believed. Uh, And at the moment, you know, the campaign is it's about infrastructure. It's the the, uh, poker machine gambling reform issue has has fared. And and that's something that I do agree uh, with uh, Dominic Perrottet on. But then there's a lot of the the family issues and um, the issues uh, that affect children and young people are not being discussed openly there under the the radar and this is of course because both labour and liberal have gone woke uh, they're supporting the whole transgender agenda we've got our schools full of uh, gender queer theory being taught from early childhood right through to high school wear it purple days uh, all of this sort of stuff that uh, your listeners have heard me talking about and, and many other guests on your various programs talking about for quite some time these issues are not being addressed by the major parties and of course both parties liberal and labour Uh, Worked with uh, Alex Greenwich uh, the independent member for Sydney to bring about abortion to birth legislation and euthanasia Both have happened uh, in the last term both with the support varying degrees of both sides of politics And That's a big disappointment and it means that there is no uh, strong uh, family Christian based voice uh, Promoting the Judeo-Christian ethic promoting the natural family in the parliament and and that's what I want to see this campaign focus on uh, not uh, having these issues swept under the carpet, which of course is what Liberal and Labor both want to do because they're both um, on board with the woke agenda. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision.
0: We're talking politics. The New South Wales state election is on its way the end of March. So a conversation today which perhaps is more pointedly important for New South Wales listeners. But wherever you're listening right around Australia, don't feel as though you have to stand off from the conversation. You might have a question or two. Our special guest is Lyle Shelton. He leads Family First, but will be standing as an independent candidate because Family First doesn't have the required electoral law requirements, uh, 16-month lead time there. Uh, so taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Lyle, let's take a call. Uh, Rob is in Penrith in New South Wales. Hi, Rob. Welcome along. Yeah. Yes, good morning. Um, I uh, know uh, Gordon Moys had a very long establishment... With the Family First people, is that the same party? I think it is the same party. Gordon Moyes was part yeah. of uh, Family First uh, a long time back, and uh, these days he passed it away. Passed away uh, quite a few years ago. But yes, uh, that's right, Rob. So can I ask you, um, when will members be admitted to this party? Uh, Lyle Shelton, membership of yeah. Family First.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Rob. I uh, appreciate your interest. Um, we're already taking members. Um, uh, I'm not sure what we're up to now, but uh, there's certainly thousands of people have joined the party. Um, you can go to our website. It's free to join. Uh, there's a there's a drop-down uh, box there where, where, when you click on join. Uh, you can either become a supporter uh, and just receive emails or you can become a member of the party. And, of course, membership is really important because over the coming period we will officially Registered the party in New South Wales and federally, uh, and in all the other states in Australia. We're currently registered in South Australia and Victoria, but um, we're progressively rolling that out uh, around the nation. So um, membership is open now; it's free, and uh, I'd encourage um, any listeners who are interested in uh, the party to consider joining. Hey, Rob, does that can answer can I also your question? Ask
0: yep. You, yep. And I also ask you um, because I was trying to. Uh, Pick up where Reverend, uh where, where Fred Nile, Fred Nile had been directed to shut down the CDP. So I was following on. Has has Fred Nile? Will Fred Nile have an executive role in this new party. Okay, there's an interesting one. Uh, Lyle Shelton uh, is Fred Nile connected at all to Family First, or is there a disconnect there?
1: Uh, No, Rob, um, Fred's not at all uh, connected. Fred's uh, in his very late 80s. He's announced that he's uh, retiring uh, from the Parliament uh, at this election. His term finishes on the 25th. His party was shut down uh, by the New South Wales Supreme Court when he lost his court case last year against uh, another faction in his party. It was a terrible, terrible thing that happened there. Uh, I wasn't involved in the court case at all, uh, but uh, the party is no more. And uh, since... Since the CDP uh, uh, was destroyed, uh, I've then gone to work with uh, Family First and uh, very much part of the project to see that rebirth. And um, I'm pleased to say that's going very, very well uh, around the nation And uh, because we just need this uh, sort of political party uh, in the space. It's the missing ingredient on the political landscape.
0: Rob in Penrith, New South Wales thanks so much for uh, great uh, insight and questions, just clarifying things let's take another call Eugene is in Western Australia in Perth, hi Eugene, welcome Hi how, how are you, Leo?
1: Very well, thanks Eugene
0: Yes, I just got a question I'm all the way from Perth how do I lend a support to people like yourself that's running as an independent. Lyle. With the
1: yeah, thank new you. yeah, Thank you, Eugene. I really appreciate that. And look, I'm thrilled to say we do have uh, quite a number of supporters over in Western Australia. There's uh, interest in the party right around the nation. Um, we'll, we'll be asking uh, people to support uh, my campaign as an independent um, through um through uh donations if people want to um i was really thrilled that in the victorian campaign uh, people from all over the country chipped in to help our campaign there and uh, that was a huge um advantage to us to be able to call on uh, an, a supporter base nationwide and uh we'll be looking for similar sort of support uh, with the new south wales um election and with my candidacy as an independent. Um, and. Uh, Look, there's some technical and administrative issues that we've got to work through, including getting uh, Family First registered as a third-party campaigner. Uh, but uh, we'll have more to say about that in the near future. And if you um, stay connected with the party by uh, signing up to our, our email at familyfirstparty.org.au, uh, we'll tell you ways in the next uh, in the coming days and weeks as to how you can support my campaign if you'd like to do that.
0: Eugene thank you so much for your call our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 now at risk of uh, taking us off on a tangent here and uh, I did say in the introduction you're no stranger to controversy Lyle Uh, just uh, quickly give us an update because I think it was in December last year you were uh, facing a trial for the alleged vilification and hate speech in the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal. Uh, that trial's finished, but uh, it's not all uh, It's not all resolved. There's more to come. A very quick update, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, sure, Neil. Thank you. Um, look, as, as listeners may or may not know, I've been sued by two LGBTIQA plus drag queens for writing a blog that said they were dangerous role models for children because of their promotion of gender fluid ideology and uh, the adult entertainment industry. And uh, that resulted uh, in me being sued, uh, a trial, three-day trial in the Queensland Civil Administrative Tribunal late November last year. Um, That uh, trial went well from our point of view, but um, there's still some more legal submissions that need to be made by my lawyers and by the drag queens lawyers. Uh, That's due to happen next month. And then we expect a decision by the tribunal sometime in the middle of next year. So it's still very much an ongoing saga, one that no Australian should have to go through for uh, seeking to speak up to protect the innocence of children,
0: Lyle. Before we take any more calls, uh, let's come to some of the policy issues at hand, and uh, listeners will be able to capture those policies when they visit the Family First site. Uh, but some of those you mentioned just before the news, uh, gender fluid ideologies, getting that out of schools. This is one of the big ones, isn't it? That you stand for?
1: Yeah. Look, this goes to the heart of uh, the safety for our children. Um, sadly, for. Many, many years now, we've seen this ideology in schools and it's well known, it's well documented through Wear It Purple Day, so-called Safe Schools program, teaching children that they might be trapped in the wrong body. And of course, this has led to an epidemic of children presenting at uh, child gender clinics. Uh, the numbers have, are through the roof. It's gone from something like 200 children per year uh, in 2014 to over 2,000. Uh, per year in 2021. That's nationwide, of course, a big proportion of those in New South Wales. And, of course, we've got um, uh, gender doctors uh, like Dr Michelle Telfer at that one of the nation's most famous gender clinics at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, wanting public money so that she can perform uh, taxpayer-funded uh, double mastectomies on minors, that's girls under the age of 18, who want to present as boys, and this this is her words, uh, as given to a 2019 Royal Commission. So this is what we're up against. The, the kids are being taught this in schools and it's resulting in children turning up at these child, child gender clinics. And uh, I really believe it's got to be stamped out. We need to tell children the truth about their biology, by all means help the tiny fragment of, of children who struggle with their uh, identity, uh, but brainwashing and indoctrinating the rest of uh, the, the, the cohort uh, in a school into uh, genderqueer ideology is it, not on and, and it's causing um, you know great uh, harm uh, throughout a society and it needs to stop. And sadly, the Liberal Party and the Labor Party are all on board with this woke ideology and are doing nothing to stop
0: it. In other words, some will be thinking there's no hope. Uh, some might be thinking, Surely if I vote for someone on the conservative side of politics, isn't that enough? Somehow, rather, in the mix there, Lyle, the word Christian comes to the fore, and uh, for some people that's not even as popular these days uh, to even stand to say I'm Christian, but you've never had a problem being uh, up front with that. Uh, The fact that you are Christian means that, you know, you're a little bit predictable. We know where you're going to stand as a Christian, but if you just vote for a conservative... Uh, there's no guarantee that you'll be able to hold firm on some of these issues around family.
1: No, that's right. And that's the sad thing, Neil. And that's why I'm in a minor party like Family First because there's no room for people like me who are outspoken uh, within the Liberal Party or the National Party or the Labor Party. And, uh, you know, when you've got the likes of the Perrottet government, just as as was revealed this week, funding uh, the, the, the New South Wales children's advocate to produce reports which encourage teachers which recommend that teachers hide from parents a child's desire to change their gender uh you realize that there isn't much hope with the uh the major parties including the so-called conservative party so this is why we need fearless uh voices in the parliament uh, from a party like family first uh uh, from that judeo-christian ethic that uh clear family ethic. We know what a woman is, we know what a family is, and we're not going to back down. They're the sort of people that I want to see uh, get into our parliaments. That's what Family First is all about. That's why I'm running as a Family First back independent at this New South Wales election, so that those values can be represented on the ballot paper.
0: Now, I guess a gentle reminder for listeners, uh, because, uh, you know, you can say, I told you so, uh, but I'm going to just raise that for a few moments here. Uh, People will remember you, Lyle Shelton, as spearheading the no vote when it came to the change in the marriage definition and all of the things that you were warning uh, before people voted, and uh, let's just put it out on the, uh, you know, out on the uh, the table. Australians voted for a change in the definition yeah. of marriage for gay marriage, uh, and you were warning that these things that are happening now to our children uh, would come, and they are here, yeah. and no one seems to have the muscle to be able to stand up and say no further. Um, this is an important element, but this is something you have been warning Australians about now for. Five, six, maybe the last decade.
1: Yeah, look, even you know, fifteen years when I joined uh, ACL back in two thousand and seven, when uh, my good friend and mentor Jim Wallace was at the helm, um, we've been warning people for for that length of time, and and you know, even even longer. And sadly, all of the things that we said would happen, as you just said, uh, the things that we warned about in two thousand and seven, in twenty seventeen, during the marriage plebiscite, uh, they've they've come about much quicker than we thought. The attacks on freedom of speech and freedom of religion, Christian schools have never been under greater pressure because they want to uphold the truth about gender. Uh, they want to keep, you know, boys out of girls' sport. Uh, uh, they want to teach children what marriage is, that is between one man and one woman, for life, uh, voluntarily entered into. You know, these uh, ideas of, uh, of, of what it means to flourish um, in, in the area of human sexuality and marriage and family, These things are not tolerated by our new LGBTIQA plus overlords who have hijacked uh, the politics of our nation. And uh, we do need to push back uh, because their policies are leading to harm. Uh, They don't lead to human flourishing. And uh, we need to keep a space open uh, where we can contest and discuss um, their ideas and put forward better ideas for marriage and family. And uh, that's why I think it's so important we have this political voice and uh, we all need to to um, be standing up uh, strong at this point of time, and, and not just going along uh, with this zeitgeist, I do believe there's hope, and uh, I do believe we need to uh, we need we do need to make a stand at this time. Uh,
0: Lyle, you're leading a group ticket, uh, so clearly there's uh, some other candidates on that ticket. Uh, is family first? Uh, backing any other uh, legislative assembly candidates, uh, those who are in the sort of the lower house in New South Wales, is there a broader uh, approach to this campaign uh, from the Family First side, or is it primarily focused on the upper house?
1: No, it's a good question, Neil. Um, no, it is just focused on the upper house. Uh, look, we've come at this um, fairly late in the piece. Um, uh, again, you know, Family First is still new in its reformation. We've just come off the back of the Victorian election. And because of the limitations that we've been discussing uh, during this uh, program uh, about not being able to get the party registered, um, it, it, it's not um, viable for us to run lower house candidates. Um, we've got a short period of time. We're putting all our eggs in the basket of the upper house. And, of course, that really is the only opportunity that there is for minor parties. Um, it's not possible to get... Um, you know, independents elected unless they're really uh, in the lower house, that is, unless they're really high profile people, um, you know, like a a famous sports star or something like that. The the major parties generally have the lower house tied up. So we are putting all our efforts into the upper house. And um, at least, you know, the the important thing is that when you get that upper house ballot, when uh, New South Wales voters get that upper house ballot, there will be an opportunity for family-minded, for Christian people to vote uh, for candidates. And for me as a lead candidate of that group, uh, who will support their value. So it, it will be on the ballot paper. And, um, you know, I, I really wanted to make sure that that opportunity wasn't missed uh, at this election, given uh, the demise of other alternatives.
0: So it is the highest possibility for a foot in the door, and you need to have something that you can build on. Uh, Lyle, let me ask you, because oftentimes our conversation is dominated by social issues, and those are really bread and butter issues when it comes to the challenges that we're facing and the ones that you're standing up for. But let me ask you about economic policies and the way that Family First uh, will be formulating approaches and policy when it comes to the rising cost of living, uh, energy prices skyrocketing. Uh, How do you approach uh, those sorts of economic policies?
1: Yes. Well, Neil, as you, as you say, the social issues are really important. Um, you know, the breakdown of marriage and family, which has been going on for decades in our society, uh, really is uh, at the root of so many of the problems that we see, uh, whether it's crime, whether it's um, uh, you know, children's poor educational outcomes. Uh, the list goes on and on. We we'll look at what's happening in Alice Springs, of course. Uh, they talk about alcohol. But uh, as John Anderson said on Sky News last night, no one's talking about family formation and family structure and fatherlessness, etc. And uh, one of the big drivers of family breakdown is economic policy and cost of living. And that's why we are passionate about the energy debate, because it is um, putting huge pressure on families. It's causing uh, the the price of our electricity to go through the roof. We used to have the cheapest electricity in the OECD. Now we have some of the most expensive. And it's all because uh, of uh, climate catastrophism and, and over- reaction to um, to a legitimate environmental concern, but a, a massive overreaction where we're closing down reliable, cheap, baseload electricity generating capacity and replacing it with um, alternatives that cannot, uh, from an engineering or economic perspective, do the same job. And uh, the costs are going through the roof, our electricity is becoming less and less reliable and will become even more so less reliable. Uh, in April when the Liddell power station closes in the Hutter Valley so this is a massive issue and so Family First is very concerned about this we don't want to see uh, the closure of of electricity generating capacity that works until we have an alternative that works just as well and unfortunately ideology is driving this debate not engineering and not economics and that's a big problem
0: Well, we'll know that economics are important uh, when you're talking about family formation, but uh, interesting to raise those issues, uh, the proactive approach to family. And uh, you're uh, quoting John Anderson, and uh, there is a certain sense in which there needs to be uh, almost a, an, a, an aligned, proactive approach to how you actually reinstall the values of effective functioning families uh, at the same time as battling all of the disintegration on the other side. So is this something yeah. that uh, that you and and Family First are looking, you know, seriously at as to how you actually get proactive in the formation of family?
1: Yeah, we, we have to have public advocates for the family. Um, it's been a taboo subject in our politics for decades now. Um, you're hard-pressed to find a politician who will define a family as... A married mother and father uh, with children. Now, no one wants to offend anyone else, and, and I certainly don't want to offend single parent families or families where uh, they're cohabiting co- cohabitating and, and not not married. But we need to be able to talk about this in a way where we can have the discussion without creating offence, because all the social science research says, and you know, we hear a lot these days about follow the science, listen to the science. Well, the social science shows that kids do best whenever they're raised by their mother and father Now that doesn't mean people can't adopt or or um you know children can't be blended into situations but ideally we should be encouraging the idea of marriage for life and for mums and dads to stay together for the good of their children now i'm not talking about where there's abusive situations obviously but um too often marriages break down because Uh, We've bought into the lie of the 1960s sexual revolution which says if my needs are not being met uh, or if there's a bit of pressure on, uh, it's easier to opt out of the relationship. And uh, we've seen that uh, since no-fault divorce uh, came in in the 1970s, uh, our divorce rates skyrocketed. Uh, Now, as again, I'll I'll repeat, I'm not suggesting that anyone stay in an abusive relationship, but all too often uh, we don't encourage uh, the idea of of permanency in marriage and for the sake of children and we've allowed other uh other structures to come. To those that we're, their chance of breaking up is 15 times higher than that of a married couple and of course it has massive repercussions for the children in those relationships and we see it through crime through poor educational outcomes uh, through substance abuse uh through um the prison population and of course um it's magnified in these terrible, um, in the terrible situation we have in so many of our Indigenous communities where you combine family breakdown with substance abuse, alcohol abuse, and it's, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. But uh, it, it's just as bad... Well, sorry, it, it, the, the breakdown and the, the negative consequences uh, are not racially defined. It's right through our society. And I just think if we could privilege mothering and fathering in public policy... Removing the economic disincentive for uh, you know, for a parent, whether it's a mother or the father, to stay at home while children are young and, and do childcare in the home, if that's what people want. We need to remove the economic and taxation disincentives uh, to um, those forms of, of, of family that uh, we've known in the past that have been so successful. So that's the sort of thing we want to advocate for with the Family First Political Party, to have a party that will stand up proudly, unashamedly, for the good, of the natural family and to see that privileged in public policy, not disadvantaged in public policy as it is now.
0: Uh, People don't like to talk natural family. And as you say, Labor and Liberal have both sides gone woke. And that means they're not able to deal with the disintegrating family model, the natural family model, and uh, pandering to minorities. Let me uh, just move you towards, uh, you know, those controversial areas. And no doubt this will be a part of your... Uh, policy platform, Lyle Shelton, uh, but uh, LGBTQI issues, very controversial as always, and uh, you're oftentimes in the firing line, uh, but you're calling for the defunding of Sydney's World Pride Festival. Uh, what value would there be in that, and uh, where are you standing on, on that sort of issue?
1: Well, Neil, I think we've got to you know make sure there's no public funding for anything that undermines uh, the family and if you look at the Sydney World Pride website, um, it's uh, got all these Pride World Pride affiliated event or World Pride um, affirmed events that are that are that are part of World Pride, uh, and that that's a direct quote, part of World Pride. You've got everything from animal fetish parties um, where there's ponies and puppies and whips and you know sexuality all sort of mixed in together. This is from their own website. Uh, you've got uh, all sorts of um, things which uh, mainstream people would see as debauchery openly paraded, and then in amongst all that, you've got three events promoted to children. Uh, and now I, I just think this is outrageous. And uh, the the Parate government is uh, funding this to the tune of about uh, four or five million dollars. The city city council uh, another 1.7 million dollars. So there's taxpayer money going into fund World Pride and these pride-affirmed events that are targeted at children, all mixed in together with animal fetishes and all sorts of um, debauchery. And I, and I use that... I, I don't apologise for using that word because that's what mainstream people would see it as. That's what mums and dads would see it as. And yet they're targeting children for drag queen story time mixed in amongst us on the same website. And I just think it just shows how much the Liberal and the National Parties have lost their way, that they're prepared to put public funding into this, which directly undermines the idea of marriage and family, and and uh, you know what it is to flourish as a as a human creature, uh, and what it is for families to flourish. So I, I just think this money, sh- you know, should not be spent on that event, and and certainly that event should have no association uh, with children, and should not be allowed to target children, because I think uh, their innocence uh, should be protected from the sort of debauchery that World Pride stands for.
0: Uh, Well, Lyle, just a few minutes in our conversation, and uh, you know, the New South Wales uh, Liberal Party looking like a little bit of a loner in amongst all of the Labour states these these days and uh, as you say the polls might suggest that new south wales is going the way of victoria and of queensland and of western australia and uh, the polls might be showing a two party preferred victory for the labor party uh, you're going to be standing as an independent candidate leading a group ticket backed by family uh, by, backed by uh, family first and uh, so uh, so, f- so far as the election goes, uh, you know, people joining the party, being a supporter of it, uh, Christian foundations, uh, give us your your best shot uh, for listeners who are saying, why would I get in support this? It seems to be that when Christian parties get up, you know, they 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 find it hard to sustain their place in the in the political uh, landscape. Uh, why would people actually join Family First now and support the initiatives that you're pushing?
1: Well, well, thanks, Neil. Look, I think the alternative to not uh, supporting a party like Family First is unthinkable. Uh, we cannot keep going the way that we're going as a society. We need a voice that will promote a vision for marriage and family unashamedly. Uh, I think that vision will resonate with more people than we think. I think there's mainstream people out there looking for answers. I think deep down people know that uh, mama and a dad is best for children. Public policy should favour that and should support that. And if we don't have a political party that is uh, unashamed uh, to be able to uh, promote the family, a a political party that can define a woman and define a family, which is something the other parties cannot do, uh, then I think this is what needs to be supported. And I'd certainly really encourage your listeners. I'm optimistic about the future. I know things are tough, but I believe as we um, we, uh, put forward a better uh, alternative, uh, one which I know resonates in the hearts of, uh, of of people because it's what all of us want. We all want good relationships. We all want strong families. We all want a safe environment for children to grow up in. And I think we want our governments to help create that environment, not to work against it. And that's what, uh, that's what Family First is offering. That's what I'm offering as a, as a Family First-backed independent candidate for the New South Wales Upper House at the March 25 election. And I just encourage people to get behind us. And uh, if they can, go to familyfirstparty.org.au familyfirstparty.org.au, and um, click on the links, uh, sign up as a volunteer, sign up to receive our emails, and uh, we'll certainly um, provide a way for you to to get involved in the battle with us, and uh, we'd certainly value your support.
0: And uh, just to reflect back, and uh, we lightheartedly mentioned uh, in the first part of our conversation the thought that, you know, if it's a Teals-like model, and you know, if there was a spare billionaire uh, like a Simon Holmes court uh, who could support Christian candidates uh, under a party banner like a family first, um, maybe not quite so uh, lighthearted, but there is some need for some pretty good strong financial muscle too, isn't there, behind a campaign? Uh, no doubt there's, there's all sorts of needs. You've probably got a budget set, but uh, wouldn't you like to see that budget multiplied? Uh, that could help with a few extra wealthy supporters, couldn't it, Lyle?
1: Uh, yes, it could, Neil. And, and look, I appreciate you raising that. Um, the New South Wales electoral laws are very strict. Um, the donation caps are somewhere around about $1,000 per donation. So very much our support is coming from uh, mums, dads and grassroots people who who uh, get behind it's a lot of people giving a little does add up. And uh, that's really how we had to run things in Victoria as well because they had similar uh, donation caps. Um, it's not like the federal election where a billionaire like Simon Holmes at uh, could uh, get involved there. The caps are for donations for a federal election are much um, more generous, but at the state of election, uh, they are, are very low. So we really are relying on our grassroots supporters, and I'm so thankful for them who, who have been supporting us and getting behind us. And uh, if people are of a mind to help us, uh, we'd certainly be grateful for that.
0: And, of course, uh, as a Christian-based organisation, always wanting to function within the law. Uh, Lyle Shelton, great insights today. Thanks so much for an update. No doubt we'll get a chance to talk to you again before the New South Wales state elections coming up at the end of March. Uh, For listeners to connect with Lyle Shelton, uh, to find out the latest, uh, to even uh, capture some of his thoughts on various policy issues, let me point listeners to familyfirstparty.org.au familyfirstparty.org.au you'll find that there is a link to news and you'll find Lyle Shelton there and you'll find out some of the things that he's been talking about that might guide your understanding of where Family First is at with the upcoming New South Wales state election and where Family First fits into all of that. Lyle, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020.
1: Neil, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian
1: Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au